listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast. Hosted by Eric Bassett and Jake Klaus. Each week, they'll discuss ways to scale and grow your pest control company with a goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. And you look at some of the safety features. Like when I first looked at those RAV4s, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you're telling me that stock, right? These guys come with blind spot monitoring, yeah. autonomous front and rear braking, mm-hmm. you know, lane departure detection warning, yeah. and lane departure keep assist. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm thinking, so I can put my technician in here and the vehicle itself is going to help this technician drive safer. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, backup cameras, all the things. You name it, it's in there, right? And obviously, we have some other key considerations when it comes to these RAV4s, but man, safety. I just, I am a fan yep. of safety. Welcome to the Bug Bucks Podcast, a podcast designed to help you become a bug money millionaire. Today's episode is brought to you by Bug Bucks Plus, the number one course designed to help you start and grow your pest control company. I'm your host, Eric Bassett, and I've got my co-host, Jake Klaus, with me. And for the first time while recording, we are in the same room. We're in our office. What's up over yeah. there, dude? What's up, man? Nice to see you across the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we've been in this office a million times, but never when actually recording a podcast episode. Yeah, this feels natural like it always has been, except that we have cameras and microphones. Yeah, you us. know, yeah. the usual natural thing, right? Yeah. Usual yep. landscape. So yep. we have an awesome topic today that we're going to dive into. But before we do, just want to remind everybody listening, the best way to receive new episodes is by subscribing to our show on your preferred podcast platform like Apple, Google, Audible, or Spotify. If you love the show, please leave us a rating and a review. And one last reminder, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, go to Bug Bucks. That is B-U-G-B-U-X. We've got over 3,900 other pest control owners in that group. Just hit 3,900. 3,900. Yeah. Man, that is so awesome. I love seeing that group grow because the the networking and the friendship and the camaraderie and like, you know, I love that we bill Bug Bucks, the Facebook Bug Bucks group as the friendly pest control <laughs> yeah, group yeah. on Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously the reason for that is there's so many guys that are in there that are waiting to connect, right? right. They, they want to share information. They want to connect with you. They want to share their thoughts. And that Facebook group is also the best way for you to share your feedback about the podcast. And it's also a really good opportunity for you to get your questions highlighted and discussed here as well. So make sure you find us on Facebook and join the group. And speaking of the Facebook group, we're actually going to hammer out a question that was asked just a couple hours ago. Yeah. And it was Chris Holden that asked this. He said, we are looking at getting some new vehicles through Ford for servicing. Anyone got some picks of the new ones or ideas for me? So before the show, me and Jake were talking about this. And uh, Chris, number one, that's awesome. You know, sounds like you're expanding your business, growing things, yeah, which is I love great. That. I'm getting some new vehicles, which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. We were talking before the show about our history of the vehicles that we've had, evolution uh-huh. of the Natura vehicles, uh-huh. if you want to call it that. And it's been wild. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but we're also going to talk about maybe just some key considerations when it comes to choosing the right service vehicle for your business. And there's a very long list here. We're not going to be able to cover everything, but we just wanted to touch on some ones that we found have been important in our experience. So uh, let's start off kind of from the beginning. What was the first truck that we had? Dude, we're going back in the archives for this one. (laughs) All right. Okay. So 
I'm going to keep it brief. Let's just walk through it. Okay. At the very first, in the fall of 2013, the first vehicle was an open bed Toyota Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Um, like the small body ones, right? Like, yep. the, like the fleet service Tacomas. And I think we had a few of those. And then we discovered, for reasons that we shall soon discuss, we went to the Nissan NV200. Yep. And at one point, we had how many NVs did we have at one point? Sixteen, uh, something like that, somewhere around there, somewhere yeah, in we, the teens. Yeah, um, a veritable crap ton. <laughs> I think that's the yep. that's the industry term. We had those, and then I had an F one fifty that was my vehicle that got moved into the fleet. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we had two Frontiers, two yes. Nissan Frontiers with cabs or yep. camper things, and then there's and then we had my van, our family van, which is. A low roof, fifteen passenger Ford Transit with a Quigley upfit. So yep. it's like a lifted four by four Quigley van with a rack on the top and a ladder up the yep. back. Thing is an adventure machine. And we also got somewhere peppered in there. I think we ended up snagging a Chevy Colorado. For oh my service gosh. manager, right? That wasn't on my list. You're yes. right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So so I think that was after we got our. Big Quigley van. But yeah, Colorado. You're right. That wasn't on my list. You and I both have also have uh, Ram 1500s. Yep. Uh, those are our personal rigs now. And then, okay, so guys, don't beat me up. Prius. <laughs> oh, I forgot. How did I forget about the Prius? <laughs> you, oh, my gosh. Was it? You know why I forgot about the Prius? It's because I'm trying to forget about the Prius. Right, yeah. That's why. That's why, yeah. Um, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome idea. Uh, maybe just not in execution, but, but we, we redeemed ourselves. So there's a Prius. Um, actually, I think that that Prius is in the shop on a trickle charger. There are, there were two Priuses, two Prii, right? Uh-huh. We bought one Prius, um, and then we wrapped it, right? We actually put it into the fleet and then we got so hooked on it. We bought a second Prius. Did we buy a second Prius? We did. Yeah, we bought that second Prius. We never wrapped it. In fact, oh. we hung on to it for like less than a month. Yeah. And then, and then we it. sold it to our friends. Yes. Their friend, yeah, that's right. Our friend's daughter was getting a driver's license and she wanted, yeah, okay. Wow, I forgot about that Prius number two. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. So, yeah, so the Prius. And then this might come as a surprise to some of you listening out there, but then we went to RAV4s. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the most awesome vehicle decisions that we've made. Maybe that sounds surprising because I say RAV4 and a lot of you out there who are servicing out of trucks and vans and stuff are thinking, what the cuss? How do you do a uh, RAV4? So we had, we went to RAV4 and then for whatever reason, Toyota said, we don't want to sell you any more vehicles. And yep. we said, is it our credit? And they said, no, it has nothing to do with your credit. We just don't want to sell you any more vehicles. And we said, oh, that's Toyota. ridiculous. I think we had, we bought, what was it? Seven RAVs. I think we had so. seven or eight RAVs. So then we went to, back to Nissan and we said, hey, we want some Rogues. And Nissan was awesome. And they said, sweet, sign right here. Here's your fleet account. How many do you need? And we said, well, how many can we get? And they said, as many as you want. So that's where we're at now. Now we're running our fleet is primarily RAV4s and Nissan Rogues. Yeah, and the RAV4s and the Rogues, you know, that's kind of our, our primary combination of service vehicles now. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the the inner workings of that. I'm sure you guys probably have questions like Jake's talking about. 
Um, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Yeah. yeah. We'll and, back. and a quick, quick touch on this is we're giving you guys recommendations on what service vehicles to get. Obviously, Jake highlighted a big thing to consider. You're going to be limited by how dealerships feel about your business, about your credit, about your operation. You know, their, their financial department is going to come back and say, ah, you know, we either do or don't like this guy. So, you know, maybe you want a certain type of vehicle, but you're limited by which vehicles you can get based on that. Yeah. And, uh, and on top of that, also, when you're a new business, you probably don't have the credit established nope. that a dealership wants to see. So, um, Eric, how many vehicles have you had under your name personally? I think the last five or six, maybe altogether, maybe five or six, something like that. Yeah. Maybe less. We probably had about the same somewhere. At in least, there. at least that much. Yeah. You guys probably had five or six vehicles under your name before I even came here. It'd be. So, I mean, and obviously we don't have to dive into the logistics of, you know, signing for vehicles here, but a lot of times, you know, you're going to go from personally signing on these vehicles um, and then, you know, transferring over to the business and then co-signing on the vehicles, mm -hmm. right? Versus just having the vehicles be in the business name or when you're a guarantor for the vehicles, there's a lot of other things we don't have to dive into today, but that is a very good point. That's probably its own episode. Yeah, that could be, yeah. that could very much yeah. be its own Liability. episode. Liability. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're going to talk about some of the key considerations now that we've kind of gone through the history of uh, some of these vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, before the show, we were kind of going back and forth, made a little bit of a list here. So we're going to cover these with you. Jake, I'm going to let you take a strike at the first one here. What do you have on your list? What's number one? So considerations. So we've got the three C's, the three C considerations, right? So the first one's climate. All right. So like I said, we started out with Toyo Tacomas. And what happened was when we first started the company, I had a business partners that were from the Central Valley, California area, South Sacramento, Turlock, Modesto. So anyway, down there, that's where they ran. They ran with Tacomas. It's an open bed. There was no camper shell on it. And down in the Central Valley, how much does it rain in the Central Valley? Oh, how much? An inch a year. <laughs> not <laughs> so, enough. Yeah, not enough, right? So down there in the dry climate, it was totally fine. You know, the same thing that you'd run into probably if you're servicing in Arizona or New Mexico or Nevada, anywhere where the climate is warm and dry, right? That's totally fine. But the problem that we ran into was, you know, we bring these Tacomas, open bed Tacomas from the Central Valley up here to the Pacific Northwest where I think that we see something, it's ridiculous. It's like 280 days of rain per year or something like that. Like it's not the same climate. So we've got these open bed Tacomas and they've got the tool box, right? That sits in the cab up again or in the, in the, in the bed up against the cab. And the technicians would go to get their product out or their B&G or whatever. And they open up that, that toolbox and the rain gets in it. And then they close the toolbox and it stays like that at 50 degrees for months. And you can, you can guess what happened, right? So we were having to throw product away. We were having to throw equipment away because it'd get covered in mold. And then the lock boxes would get filled with mold. And it was just nasty. So when you're looking at service vehicles, take a tactical pause and think to yourself, what kind of climate are we in? What kind of climate are we dealing with? does my service vehicle option, does it match the climate? Because that's, to me, that's like the number one consideration. You don't want to have an open bed concept in a rainy environment. 
Yeah, no thanks. I remember the first couple of times I came over here and I saw, and I think when I came over here, it was during the winter time. And I remember driving on the freeway and I could see the moss growing on the concrete dividers on the freeway. Yeah. And I was so confused because I was like, okay, number one, it's winter time. But number two, what what is that doing there? Moss and then on everything. Right. And I started driving by houses, moss on rooftops. I started driving uh, down neighborhoods and you see moss just growing on cars. Moss is growing everywhere. Where it doesn't usually grow. Yep. And uh, it for you guys listening, it just kind of gives you a little bit of a taste of what the uh, humidity mm-hmm. and moisture level is mm-hmm. like in the Pacific Northwest. You see all those movies in Seattle and the rain and inescapable. Yeah, yeah that's a true story. Yeah. So yeah, the north and west sides of everything are covered in moss. When we first moved here, I remember what, it was like one of my first accounts that I was servicing. We were like just moved here, and I walked in the customer's backyard. And I was blown away. It was the first time that I ever saw a fuzzy, mossy dog turd. The dog <laughs> yeah. turd in the grass. And it was just covered in moss. And I stood there and I stared at it. I thought it was like a hairy slug or something. Nope, moss. <laughs> nope, no, it's moss. Yep. So we're going to bounce back and forth uh, on this list here. My number one is going to be safety, right? Mm. When taking considerations into buying vehicles, especially nowadays, right? You consider the average age of the technicians that you're hiring yep. these days. I mean, we're talking 18 to 22, 24 year old guys. You guys are pretty young. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if it's the same way for everyone else out there, but our insurance really bangs us up, especially on the age for some of these drivers. Yep. And we had lots of incidents with these guys, mm-hmm. with the NV 200s and the Tacomas and everything else. And you look at some of the safety features. Like when I first looked at those RAV4s, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you're telling me that stock, right? These guys come with blind spot monitoring, yep. autonomous front and rear braking, mm-hmm. you know, lane departure detection warning yep. and lane departure keep assist. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm thinking, so I can put my technician in here and the vehicle itself is going to help this technician drive safer, right? Right. Yeah. You know, backup cameras, all the things, you name it, it's in there, right? And obviously we have some other key considerations when it comes to these RAV4s, but man, safety, I just, I am a fan yep. of safety. Yep. In fact, we have one backup vehicle right now in the fleet. We always, okay, well, I don't know if, I'll just mention it. We always keep a backup vehicle. Yep. When your fleet gets to a certain size, there's nothing worse than your technician hits a deer and the front end needs to be rebuilt and you're down a vehicle and all of a sudden that guy's out of work and your routes get backed up. So we always keep a spare vehicle. They're wrapped. It's like ready to go. And our son, our oldest son is driving now. He's 16. So he's driving that spare vehicle and we love it because it's as safe as can be you know it's got all the safety bells and whistles so we feel a bit safer you know having our son out there on the road driving that yep no 100 percent. what's the next one on your list oh capabilities Mm. yeah capabilities so if we look back at our list the nv200 so the nv200 was the big fleet vehicle forever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as our business started expanding and like crawling out of the city and more up into like the like the hill areas and mountainous areas, outlying areas, we would have issues with the NVs being able to get up people's driveways because they're heavy, they're loaded down. And so then we said, okay, well, let's get some vehicles that are a little bit more capable. And that's when we got the Frontiers. We got both those Frontiers for that reason. The Colorado we got for that reason. And then we would just assign those technicians that were driving those rigs 
if we had an outlying service route that was out in the boonies, we just assigned to that guy. So a big consideration. Well, and, you know, going to the RAV4s and the Rogues even, mm -hmm. one of the models that we looked at, we required it to have all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. And the NV200s are front-wheel drive, which in this climate is actually not bad, mm -hmm. better than rear-wheel drive, which is what you run into with a lot of city trucks. Right. Some of the Tacomas, you know, you end up having to buy the cheaper model that's only rear-wheel drive right. because the four-wheel drive version is expensive and, you know, maintenance and all those guys things. guys don't so, know how to drive four-wheel drive and they're going to ruin they it. wreck it. Yeah. yeah, they're like, I don't know why I can't turn around. I can't back up. What's going on? It's grinding, this grinding, grinding noise. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the all-wheel drive was awesome. Right. Which for safety, again, safety reasons is really good. But for capabilities, it's awesome because then we could send technicians in a RAV4 anywhere, right? Anywhere they wanted to go within our market, which is really cool. And obviously, when it comes down to some of those capabilities, I don't know. You guys have probably all seen NV200s. The little wheels on those guys, oh, yeah. like the stock wheels on an NV200 look like the spare wheel in any other vehicle. Mm, bicycle wheels. Yep, yeah, pretty much. We replaced a lot of those wheels just because a technician would hit a rock or like accidentally hit a curb and the tire would be fine, but the steel wheel would be just demolished. <laughs> right. You know, like the, for all intents and purposes, those NV200s were kind of like the pop cans of our fleet. Yes. Crumple easily, but until that happens, you know, yeah. it does the job. Yeah. They're kind of almost like, I hate to say it and don't take this wrong way, kind of like throwaway vehicles, you know, <laughs> yes. we patch them up and the NVs had a lot of redeeming qualities. I mean, going from the Tacoma to the Envy, they kept everything out of the rain. It was a revelation to get those Envies. They did have some drawbacks, but that brings me to my other C, my last C, capacity. So that's the big one. So looking at your service vehicle, what do you do? What does your service entail? If you've got a lot of big equipment, like we stopped running with the 35-gallon tanks and the 200-foot hose reel. When we first started, that's what we were doing. For us, that just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because you've got one product in one big tank and it just didn't really work for us. And then you've got that termite gun and it's just like you're applying so much product. So, so we got away from that. But if you're still running a service rig where you've got a big tank and a hose reel and you've also got a crap ton of bait boxes in the back of your truck and maybe you've got a, a ULV fogger and you've got all this other stuff then you got to account for that when you're considering what service vehicle you want to run with. Yep. hundred percent. And you know, the envies were kind of nice because they had a little bit of height, right? I mean, the whole back of that was just this covered partition, you know, those frontiers that we had, those worked pretty good because they had camper shells. Yep. And the side access flaps. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. So, you know, the capabilities of those was awesome and the capacity was pretty decent. I mean, you know, both the trucks that you and I have, which they're kind of in a class of their own. Yeah, uh, those aren't really service a lot of rigs. Reasons. No, <laughs> but one thing that's cool about them is that like they've got the multifunction tailgate where mm -hmm. it comes down or it swings open swings barn open. door style. Like when you're Ram considering- boxes. Yep, Ram boxes on the sides. You know, when you're considering the capabilities and capacity of the vehicle, you know, some of those little nuances could make a huge difference, Yeah, which is great. The next thing on my list over here is uh, insurance, Ooh, right? Yeah. And this is just kind of a quick side note here. When you're shopping for vehicles, if you have kind of a list of vehicles and you're trying to go through and talk about pros and cons of all these ones, it's always a good idea to just check in with your insurance provider and just say, hey, just want to double check your any questions, comments, concerns you have about these vehicles, yeah. right? Because you never know 
your insurance agent could come back and say, hey, listen, if it was up to me telling you like from what I've seen from claims and, and the costs of insurance and like the accidents involved with these, I would pick this vehicle over this one. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So your insurance agent can be a little bit of a strategist when it comes to picking some vehicles. Now, most likely you're going to find yourself picking a vehicle aside from that anyway, right. you know, but it's nice to know because if you end up going and going through all the work and there's a lot of work because I've done it many, many times, all the work of finding the vehicle, securing it, financing, signing, and taking possession of it. And then you call your insurance agent and he says, oh yeah, your insurance is going to go up by X amount because this is that type of vehicle. And you have all these other drivers that are young and, you know, insert thing here, right? And now you've got a problem. So insurance is one of those things you should always consider. It's not just about what vehicle you buy, but the fact that you're going to have to insure it and those costs can be expensive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you deal with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was it? The other day we we're having a conversation and I asked an ins it was some insurance question and I asked a question about how the insurance worked and Eric all of a sudden just starts rattling off all this stuff about insurance. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, are you Googling that right now? He's like, no, I just, I've done it enough times. So yeah. 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 Fortunately and unfortunately, we've had a lot of insurance situations that have landed on my lap. It's, it's kind of, I guess, kind of sort of speaking on an insurance thing. And this is kind of the last one on my list is longevity, longevity. And we're talking mechanically and for marketing and for financial reasons, right? So, you know, if you think about it, one of the problems we had the NV200s is that even if they didn't get crashed into, they seem to have a lot of mechanical problems over time. And we could almost count on them having issues with either a transmission or an engine or a catalytic converter or some other problem. Or we actually had the gas tanks cut and the gas drained. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, conveniently, they run the gas line right inside, you know? How did that thing go? It was like, I'm from Idaho. Check out our potatoes. I'm from Florida. We've got the best oranges. Welcome to Washington State. The best methamphetamine that your neighbor's catalytic converter <laughs> yes. can buy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like we, we just had weird issues with that that caused problems over time. Right. And so, you know, when you're considering vehicles, look into what issues other people have been having with them in mm -hmm. previous models and consider how much of a bottleneck that's going to cause in your business. Jake mentioned this before. We have an extra vehicle on our fleet. And the reason for that is because if something happens with a vehicle and you don't have the extra backup, you're kind of screwed. With a capital F. Yes. Consider that, right? Longevity in that perspective. And then also from a financial standpoint, you know, it would be awesome if this vehicle lasted for a very, very long time. You didn't have to replace it. didn't have to put a whole lot of money into fixing it, right? Because a lot of times, especially on a commercial policy, or if you use the vehicle for commercial purposes, the warranty that you get on the vehicle is going to be impacted, mm -hmm. right? So if you go and you buy a vehicle personally, they consider, well, how much is this guy going to drive it? What he's going to use it for personally? Fine. You get a, whatever it is. He's the one, year, he's the one paying for it and he's the one driving it. So yes. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you go through a commercial financing, especially, or if the dealership finds out that you're using it for commercial, they're going to have feelings about that warranty. And now you're, you know, dealing with a sucky warranty and you have a vehicle that's going to break down. Oh, that's, that's going to be kind of painful over time. And then the other thing you got to consider is, is the vehicle I'm about to buy, does that look the way that I want my vehicles to look for at least 
the next three to five to six years, right? right? Because if it doesn't, and you feel like you're going to want to make a change, pump the brakes for a second, yep. right? You're about to make a major, probably a major financial investment in your company with these fleet vehicles. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it, it lines up at least from a marketing perspective too. Yep. And you know, the other thing you can do too is, and there's nothing wrong with this, but I've seen PCOs who will have like an older model Suburban or something like that, and they put their wrap on it, and it's like it's like three generations old, right? That that says something in the appearance. So, one of the reasons why we really like the Rav Four is because number one, Toyota is very very slow to make any kinds of changes. Yes, they are. Right? I mean, like a few years ago, <laughs> there was this big thing that Toyota was super excited to announce about the Forerunner. It was like power mirrors or something stupid (laughs) like that, right? You know, so do a little bit of research into the vehicle you're looking at getting. Is that model that you're looking at, is it it already four or five or six years into that body style? Because if it is, then in probably another year or two, that vehicle is probably due for for a a body change, a body upgrade. And then at that point, your fleet is going to look dated. That's another consideration. And again, as we said before, this list is actually much longer than we have time for to tackle today. So just a couple of key things. If you guys have any questions or if there's any other topics you want us to hit on vehicles, you want us to have maybe a podcast episode part two on some of this stuff, uh, drop your questions in the Facebook group. And of course, we appreciate all the time that you guys are spending listening in. If you have a coworker or a manager or an owner who you feel could benefit from listening to this episode, the best way to say thank you to us is to share this episode with them. Again, this episode is brought to you by Bug Bucks Plus, the number one course designed to help you start and grow your pest control company. If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, go find the group and join. It's B-U-G-B-U-X. Lots of information and great connections in that group. Thanks again for listening in. And until next time, keep building those pest control companies. Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating. Thank you. And we'll catch you on next week's episode.